1: You can do all the squizzy noises That's it, I like them
2: <laughs> It's always nice to start with a load of noise uh and to remind my kids that i'm still alive <laughs> <laughs> they're upstairs i heard my daughter singing like a like a lark ah yeah so welcome to mouth of manliness you're gonna set the timer for an hour welcome uh just quickly before we start um i want to do a shout out to uh christian arena at legally assertive and audio um because um arena done me a massive solid and i think they've done me a massive solid <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: uh, she might, and i think she got me my first exhibition as an artist follow me at loveless that's so amazing uh, yeah yeah and, uh, and and i wanted to do a shout out to onyx as well uh gary mansfield and uh because they both got in touch with us this week and were really lovely onyx is
1: coming on gary's coming on
2: yep and uh morgan gleave Who's doing amazing stuff with his artwork yeah, at the I love Morgan and his skateboarding him. inspires yeah, me yeah, every
1: day. Yeah. I look But he's at doing, my his after been doing, on doing his artwork's doing
2: great guns at the moment. Yeah,
1: sick.
2: Uh my name is Nicholas Noyes. Uh welcome.
1: Welcome. This man is Bradley Action. My name is Brew Dog Acton. Brew Dog Acton. Acton. We've got
2: some we got some free brew dog, but yep. I think we already said that. Sponsored. Yes, well, we're not sponsored. Well, yeah, well, they'll give us some beer. they gave us some free booze. <laughs> I don't like the mic there at all. Move it, then. Can I put it up? Yeah. Right. It's funny, right? So, hold on. I, before, I, we've got a guest. We have got a guest. right We've got right a there. guest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sitting right next to us. We've got a
2: really cool guest. Really cool guest. He's Owen Sanford. Yeah, I got it right. Hello, mate. What's Hello. going on, lads? How doing? How
1: are
3: you?
2: Yeah very pleased to have you yeah. it's really weird because we were just like chatting and then I feel like the minute it goes on like we're just talking normally Then the minute it goes on I just go I'm a professional <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional and I stand out and get lively uh, this is like my one lively hour lively all of the, time. the whole week
1: this is how, how lively I am all the time yeah
3: but you kind of have to like when when we and I do an episode as well uh, you know you have to get a bit more lively a mm. bit High, like my, I noticed my voice is a bit higher pitched. Yeah. You know, rather right than before, you're a bit more chilled, you're laying back. Yeah, yeah. And now you kind of feel like, right, I need to be a bit more animated. Yep. to be
1: entertaining to whoever, you know, is yeah. listening. Yeah. It kind of is a bit sort of radio, does not it, at times. So. I, I, I just
2: kind of click in. I get excited. It's like doing a geek for me. It's like, the minute it's like, right, we're on. Go. <laughs> so, 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 Owen has a podcast
1: around the sound. Around the sound, around yeah. the sound. It's a really good podcast.
2: Um, but let's first talk about how you came to be here. Give it a bit of context. Like
1: so, uh, probably just over a year ago, we reckon. Yeah. Um, you asked me. I'm gonna say you asked me to come on your podcast because it makes me sound like special. <laughs> I felt really special <laughs> going special. up there as well. But um, yeah. As a result, obviously of being on Hardcore Listening, I think you got in touch, and your yeah. podcast focuses on. Um, people in the music industry and yep. uh, sound industry and everything else. So I went on and had a chat chat with you and Megan on a lovely sunny day, and it was a really nice day out. And, um, yeah, well, it was good fun. Yeah, it was nice. Um, and yeah, that's how we kind of first, I believe, come about to know each other, I think, was not it?
3: Yeah, and we've just kind of stayed in touch since. I can't believe that was
1: a year ago. It's mental. I
3: know. And then, of course, like usual story, you find out you have so many mutual friends. Yes. 'cause obviously from from Arena and Chris and audio oh, yeah. and all that, and you know dave they've, they've also sponsored our podcast and given us headphones to get free and stuff mm-hmm. and uh and' just different people in the industry, so it's quite funny that, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, mad out it all links Yeah, to that me, was man. weird
2: because you came in and had the audio headphones, and I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, I didn't know you needed them." Yeah. Oh yeah, do you know your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, their dog man—he's the Buster. Is the funniest. Yeah. The
3: the smallest dog with the largest neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <quite> a brave <laughs> dog. <laughs> that dog is on Roids. I'm telling you now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so around the set, I kind of like it. I think it's a really good idea, actually, because I think you only ever think about like you might think about a producer. Like, like I'm really into albums, so like I mean like I will look at who produced it, mm. and then if they do another album or a band like does an album produced by a John Leckie or something, I'll be interested or youth. Uh, so, but like, apart from that, like you're basically it's all about the unsung people,
1: almost.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, what I first to say is it's you know around the Sound is Megan's Brainchild. Uh, it is her podcast, and she started it. And then kind of a couple of months into it, and uh, she asked kind of would I look to get involved, and I was like, absolutely. Um, and kind of the, the, I guess the theme or the premise has always been to talk about areas of the industry for emerging acts or smaller acts, or even just people who work in various parts of the industry, to talk about things you don't usually get to hear about, um, You know, I think which is important, you know, everyone from if you're a musician, everyone sees the glamorous side of you being on stage or you're selling albums or you're getting photos taken, but they don't realize the financial part of it. They don't realize the the time, the money, the mental strain you have to go into it. And also a lot of people who aren't necessarily a musician but want to get in the industry don't know how. So Mm. when we had someone like Phyllis Bolesos, who's an amazing booking agent with ITB and is now actually Megan's booking agent. And, you know, she's from the stage and she started off um, quite a long while ago, you know, working with Motorhead and a lot of huge, huge, big acts, oh, cool. mm. you know, and then kind of came over and started working on ITB in the UK. So it's really cool to be able to have people like Phyllis on or like a Steve Balsamo. I don't know if you ever heard of Steve. Oh. Steve was um, Jesus in Lloyd Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar in the 90s um, when it was kind of like reincarnated. Yeah, I think with, I remember. Uh,
2: Jason Donovan. No, was
1: that he? was um, amazing Technicolor. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Similar yeah. sort of vibe. Yeah. yeah, and
3: and it was just, I mean, i he's the most incredible voice ever. Um, but he's also a, he's a really interesting dude and kind of what he's done since and kind of where he's going. And so it's just really fun to be able to, to Talk to not just musicians and people working in the industry and not just about the top line stuff, but what people mm-hmm. see. Like if you want to come on and have a rant on our on our podcast, fucking do it. And it's really great because every time we finish an episode and everyone says, God, I feel so much lighter now. It was like yeah, getting yeah. a lot off my yeah, chest, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's really you know, it's great on that side as well, that it's um,
2: you know, it's a bit of therapy as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this that's what that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. And that's the beauty of a podcast, isn't it? Is that you can't just fucking rant. So we we need to, I think we should mention, uh, say so Megan is then, because uh, mm-hmm. we've mentioned her. So we should say, like, so Megan's uh, a, like, a country singer.
3: She's uh, Americana country. Yeah, yeah Megan O'Neill's her name. Uh, she's from a beautiful village in Ireland called Ballymore Eustace. Um, she recently supported Jamie Cullum and Lighthouse Family. And. Uh, She's just an awesome soul, that's pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah, and she's just gone from, from kind of step to step. Yeah, I see she
1: did some stuff with Tom Jones not long ago, I think. Yeah, she did And true. my favourite thing I saw on social media the other day, didn't Shania Twain name her one of her top 100... The, uh, women in women country. And country music. Yeah, that's insane, that was insane, mate. That's really so nice. crazy.
3: Yeah, she put her on her playlist. And um, I mean, obviously, you don't know how much involvement Shania had in it, no, but... It was out to our personal accounts, and like we'd no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it was also cool to a lot of our friends who who are also female country Americana acts, they're also on there as well. That's so good. Which was really, really cool. Yeah. It's just great to see a huge act like that supporting oh, grassroots yeah. artists. I
2: oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's to be involved in as yeah. well. Oh, that's fascinating. Cause I just think, you know, like the kind of people behind the scenes. There's so many people behind the scenes in the music industry and and all the industries really. And no, yeah, yeah, you say you'd never hear from them. Mm. You don't even know they're
1: fucking there. Everyone's got a story to tell, and like the little insights and that you get. Cause you had John morton on, didn't you? Yeah, uh, oh, I've uh, met John morton yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah, see him. Is from we see him at. Um, yeah. At the civic that time didn't we and i met exactly him before a times. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah like just little tidbits of information and stuff like that that come through like it's, it's really good for that as well
3: yeah i mean I, I i like to try and make it when possible kind of educational and and helpful because you know i mean i'm fortunate a lot of my friends are musicians and a lot of them ask me because my background is kind of marketing and digital marketing and they're always asking me about different aspects of that and then i also just because i'm a nerd about music and business I know a lot about that side as well. So they're always kind of asking me, you know, different things about, you know, what would you do here or kind of who would you introduce me to? So to be able to have the podcast, to have that platform, to be able to help out any musician, whether they're starting off or they're just in a roadblock and don't know what to do. uh, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Mm,
1: It is amazing. Podcasts are nuts. Yeah. it's accessible (laughs) for everyone as well. How long have you been doing it?
3: I've been doing it probably a year now
2: Okay, that
3: yeah so we're, we're in between series now we're, we're in kind of planning pre-production now for the next series um, which are gonna come out later this year and uh, but I've been listening to podcasts probably two three years but I've only really like heavily gotten into it the last six months. Mm. I mean I have a handful that I listen to regularly which are all quite varied. Like, I listen to Jessie Ware's podcast.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, think it's it's, I just good. think
3: she's just really interesting, yeah. the characters yeah, they've Jesse on. Where? Yeah,
1: quite a few... What's Jessie Ware famous
2: for?
1: Singing.
3: Musician.
2: Yeah. She's a singer.
1: Oh. Yeah, I was supposed to go to one of her yeah, concerts at the top of the Gherkin, but I couldn't go. But, yeah. Um, yeah, she's done loads of really cool stuff. Lovely voice.
2: Yeah. It's Funnily enough, right? I don't... <coughs> I find, uh, like, my mate Mark at work, he listens to predominantly female singers. Oh, that's interesting. Like Laura Marley, he really loves. I, I do like, and a lot of them I really like, uh, Laura Marley I really like. Mm. But I don't actually, I, I probably own, like, in my vast collection of CDs, I've still got CDs, um, like, a very, very few female singers. I, I just don't connect with it in the same way. Mm. It's really weird.
1: I, I don't know why, really. When I was right, a I kid, just don't. I was told that I wasn't allowed to like, was it Kylie Minogue or Jason Donovan? Because why? I was a boy and one of my neighbours was a girl and it was, it was one that I wasn't allowed to listen to because I was male or female or something like that. Right. I used to listen to both. I couldn't give a fuck what they said. But um, yeah, I remember there being like a bit of an issue that I wasn't allowed to listen to maybe girls' music because I was a boy or something like that. My wife got me in Nina Simone, though. Oh, yeah I love it's, amazing. it's, amazing. it's fucking amazing
2: yeah. but it is like she's like Nick Cave or something it's like yeah. a whole other world oh yeah it is I, yeah. Do love, like, I do love I do love the soul singers as well mm. but like country is, is soul music yeah. you know like, it's, 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 I don't think it, it's like it's, it's, it's so close yeah. yeah and the storytelling is brilliant mm. and like a lot of the music I like like Nick Cave's storytelling all day long just dark fucking twisted stories that appeal to the dark twisted fucker that I am <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do so talking about dark twisted fucker so we had a <laughs> <laughs> so um, so how did uh, so Brad got in touch you to come on in um, and so you kind of talked a little bit about mental health with him mm-hmm. um, and I, I he he showed me the messages and and um, it's quite intense. Yeah. <laughs> like there was one bit about it. Uh, if you don't mind me, no no, 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 go for that. It, it's about like. Um, so I didn't really understand it um, about hurting, hurting yourself, but it didn't sound like self harm. No, it wasn't self harm. So it's, it's different. But then, in 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 a, in a weird way, I was like that kind of connected with me because, mm-hmm. like, I think I I've self harmed through the years without necessarily hurting myself. Mm. So I started to think, oh, maybe it's a bit more like that. Let's go for it, then. <laughs> let's go for it, I mean. Let's go for your mental health journey.
3: All right, man. Um, What well, about what well, we're in? We're in March now. So in January, December, January last year, 2018, 2019, I, uh, I kind of had this. I was chilling on the couch with my girlfriend at the time, and I just started getting this tremor in my right leg. And it just wouldn't stop, and it was like just kept on going and going and going, and it kind of like started moving around my body, went in, into my arms, my legs, whereas almost in a kind of like epileptic fit, but it wasn't quite that. Really? Yeah. Well,
2: and it, it went on like the tremor lasted for a long
3: time. It went on for a couple of hours. Oh, so fuck. it went on on and off for a couple of hours, but and and my missus at the time, she was like, um, she was a nurse, and she's like, oh, look, you know, I think we should bring in a hospital. And I was like, no, 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 no. Look, this this is fine. I'm grand. Like, this is just like I was out last night in piss. Probably yeah, just dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure it'll be fine. We're we're chilling out on the couch. It's like this was Saturday evening. We weren't even really drinking. But anyway, fast forward to a month later. And then uh again I was I was chilling on her couch and this kicked off again. But this time it got way, way more intense. And it happened kind of like really quickly. So the tremors in my whole body, my whole body went and I couldn't control it. But then my speech yeah. went.
1: Oh really? And
3: then my kind of brain just kind of switched off. It was it was really weird. It was like I was in the room, but I wasn't quite there. Yeah. And at this point she was like, right, fucking, you're going to the hospital. And I was kinda of like, right, okay, do whatever. Because yeah. I couldn't really speak. Fucking hell. My head wasn't quite there, like short term memory and blah blah. So anyway, went. She brought me to the hospital, and I have to give her props, man. She really looked after me, and we went to RNA. I did tests for everything because they initially thought I had a stroke because all the <laughs> yeah, symptoms if, yeah. were of a stroke. So because my face was kind of to the side. I remember kind of if I could speak, it was kind of like out the side of my mouth. Just wasn't. I didn't have any balance or equilibrium, and I still had the tremors. They were still going. So at every test imaginable, that that night. I had two or three tests. I had a CAT scan, I had the ECG or whatever and then they kept me in hospital and they put me in the stroke unit because uh, I kept on having the attacks. So they're kind of keep coming every hour to every couple of hours um, and I was in the hospital for a couple of days and uh, every day I was doing different tests.
2: Shit mate, they, that's really scary. Yeah.
3: And they didn't have a clue what was, what was happening. It, like everything, all the tests were coming back negative and you know, I would be, I'd be like mid conversation with you, and then I would just go blank, and I would just be like, "What?" And they're like, "Oh, you were speaking," and I was like, "What do you, what do you mean?" And like, like, and I wouldn't remember. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, the scariest—I mean, that was scary as hell, but it was also like, because my parents flew over as well, because my parents live in Ireland. Uh, mates came in and stuff, and it was just a look in all their eyes it was just this scared things none of us knew what was going on Mm. so anyway after about four or five days they released me that i think was a thursday or a friday and uh, i went and stayed my sister's my sister at times living in london and uh then i went back to work on a monday which was fucking stupid lads let me tell you that it was utterly stupid at the time what they taught was um it might have been a thing called Todd's paresis, which is, in a simple way, it's explained it's like a temporary paralysis of functions of your body, wow. of your mind. Uh, I still was not diagnosed, still haven't been diagnosed what the case was, oh, but really? essentially it's stress. Right. So the doctor's like, what stress are you under? And I'm like, don't know what you're talking about. I just started a new job. It's easy going. You know, this, that, the other. I like, I don't really know kind of thing. And they're like, yeah, but what stress have you been holding on to? And I'm like, well, I guess I've had a stressful two years of different things going on. And, you know, and like, yeah, that that's probably it. Now, when I came out of hospital, from all the tremors, I tore a tighter cuff in my shoulder, tore the muscle in my bicep, nerve damage down my neck, and I did my disc in. What really? the fuck, man? Yeah.
1: man? No way.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. It was like, I was like a broken man. Uh, Still to this day, I feel like a fucking broken, man. But we're working on that. (laughs) Um, But then I went back to work on the Monday. And in fairness to them, at the time, the work were like, you know, look, let's sit down. You don't tell us what's wrong with you, but is there anything you need of us? Like, we're here to support you. And at the time, I was like, I don't think so. My biggest concern was my short-term memory. Was, uh, like, my speech, I kind of had, like, an impediment for a couple of weeks after. Uh, like a stutter, basically. And I, like, couldn't really remember. Like I'd have a conversation with you and I'd forget it straight away. Mm. So I had to bring in my notepad with me wherever I went in case someone asked me a question or whatever. Oh, um, then a couple of months later, that was then in August, then they fired me. So... Uh, wow. uh I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but... um. Uh, uh, nah, I mean I don't know. I would the 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 version they gave me was they got feedback off the client and because of that feedback they decided to terminate my contract. Okay. Now only a month earlier they'd made me permanent. Mm. Uh, so it was a very strange one. Yeah, yeah. So uh I remember they asked me at the time, Oh, do you want more specific feedback? And I go, Well, is it gonna matter? Am I gonna keep the job? And they go, No. So I was like, Well, just email it to me. Yeah. Then I don't care. You yeah. know, just email it to me um but from there I just went into a pretty dark deep place um and it wasn't the weird thing was it up until recently I started uh, I started therapy in actually in May last year that didn't work out and I'm now with a new uh, therapy uh with a charity called the Society of Analytical Psychology who are amazing and I go there twice a week uh started that since January but um kind of from starting there kind of realized actually i have been quite depressed for quite a long time but didn't realize it mm. and I uh, also from what happened in the hospital and stuff like that I got like a mild form of PTSD yeah, yeah. so
2: I was gonna say like, like from that from the whole yeah tremors the whole mm. thing and like, uh, that's really traumatic
3: yeah 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 um and it wasn't really it, it, that was the mad thing it was like because you'd have you know, when I lost a job and you'd have people like, oh, you know, you're obviously applying for new jobs and stuff, and I wasn't. And I had this fear and I had this thing and I couldn't understand why. You know, you'd open websites for for jobs, and I'd look at the jobs and I'd be like, No, I can't 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 do it. No, no. I'd like I'd get mad anxiety about it, yeah. and I'd just be like, Fuck that, shut down the laptop, you do whatever. Um, and then just kind of from there it's it's what i've been learning with therapy Uh, i've probably had this for like two years uh, and i hadn't known it it was it was a lot built in my subconscious it's not what was in front of me um and it just basically exploded so like in hospital the way i describe it to someone is it's kind of like you know in star trek when they don't want to kill the person so they go phasers to stun Mm. you know it's like right mate your mom my mind was telling my body you can't keep on going yeah. this way. There's something yeah. wrong. You're not happy. Yeah. blah blah blah. So we're gonna give you a massive shock to wake you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That first time I didn't get well, a hospital. Just like we
2: switching you off for a bit. Yeah. Like your body's just going. Your mind and body are just going. Fuck off. Enough.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly that. So like I call it like I don't call it like a a, a a like a breakdown. I call it like my brain short circuited.
2: Yeah. Um. It sounds different to a breakdown, doesn't it? Yeah. But maybe afterwards. Like, you know, when you said afterwards, when um, when your your job ended, yeah, like it sounds like that might have been a bit of a breakdown.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think in it those was realms. I yeah, I think it was all then just a bit too much to handle. Mm. And I think how it happened, and how they kind of did it, yeah, was so sudden. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna hear and criticize my former employer. I mean, the time I was there, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, just stuff. Happens, a lot of great people. You know? Yeah. You know, and let's be honest, no there's never an ideal way of of asking someone to not work for you anymore.
2: But you just feel so powerless. You know, like it's like mm. I I've
3: just lost control of my life. Well that that's been it for me. Is like I've I've kind of I've felt powerless because I haven't understood how I got here yeah, to this yeah. point, And I haven't understood how this has all come about and and I don't you know, like I feel don't know about you lads, but I feel guilty saying that I'm depressed and that I've got PTSD. There's Mm -hmm. this, there's this feeling of guilt and shame with it. And I don't want to have it. No one wants to fucking have it. But I think it's more that, you know, when I had that first attack, like I was the fittest as I was physically. Like I'd lost three stone. I'd felt great. Uh, You know, I really felt like I was kind of turning a point. Yeah. And this job as well was a great opportunity with a great team. So everything on from the outside in looked fucking great. Mm. Yeah. You know, everything was kind of, all right, this is this is nice. You know, it's the next step again. And then it all crumbled really bloody quickly. Um, and it was, yeah, it was very fucking dark. very dark. dark.
2: I could see why that's dark though, because suddenly it's like, hold oh, on, I thought I had it all sorted and now it's just fallen through. Like, mm. why, why would that happen? You know, like there's so many whys and whats and all those horrible kind of questions that you can't really answer.
3: Well, this is the thing. is like I was saying to my therapist. It's like I was like, oh, "Man, I'm like, I'm really frustrated because I'm like, I don't feel like we're making enough progress quick enough." Yeah. You know, I don't. We're we're speaking the same things over and over again, but different. And I'm making a couple of re- new realizations with it, but I don't understand it still. And he kind of said to me, "He's like, well." Maybe you're not going to understand it. Maybe you just need to accept it. Maybe you need to just say, well, that is what it is. Because if you f- try so hard to understand something or if you try so hard to it work at something, it, it makes it worse.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And what I realised last week was I believe
2: that, that. I really believe I've that. I've
3: been working so hard on me. I've been focusing so much on myself. I was so self-centred mm. at the last, say, six months. Um... That I kind of forgot about everyone around me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I kind of forgot about their problems and and that you know, in a weird way, by sometimes not focusing on yourself, by by just being around others, it helps you actually get better. Social it does action,
1: yeah, you it know? does. It's and, exactly
3: right. And that's literally what I've realised in the last week. because um, it's so easy for us to to get so in our own heads, mm-hmm. and because it's such a for me it's been such a debilitating thing like for the first couple of months it was like getting out of bed it was getting showered it was mm. doing something productive in my day um and i get angry at myself and i get upset at myself because i wasn't doing these things and then you'd have you know your your family your friends calling you or asking you how's things going on man? you're applying for that job, you know, and you know. And I'd fucking
2: bullshit and lie to
3: them. It's always
1: like, the job thing straight away. Yeah, it's it's all like my family. It's like, oh you got a job yet? Uh, yeah. no. Oh well, well they don't the ask how is, are. Though, you.
2: the thing is though, is that when you're ha- when you're having like a mental health problem, uh it, like, I always like I'm always go back to it is that uh, it's almost like having like a dirty addiction. You know, like it, like the way you recover is very similar. And the fact that you would never want to tell anyone. So you're always kind of, you're always telling not like bare face, horrible lies, Mm. but you're always kind of putting the face on in some way, shape or form because, because of the shame. Yeah. And and you know, like you said earlier, you feel ashamed because like you've been struck with this thing. that is not your fucking fault, Mm. but you feel ashamed of it. And because like, because everyone is asking you nice questions, but they make you feel shame. And I, and that, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I refuse to feel shame. I will not feel shame for it anymore because I've done nothing wrong. Mm. But it's really difficult. Uh, oh, a lot of things you're saying, like, proper resonate with me. I really do. Too, yeah. I can totally put myself in that position. Um, but what you're having there is really extreme. Like, really extreme. I'm not surprised you're having fucking post traumatic stress with that. Mm. Yeah. Of course you are. It's like that's scary as fuck. It's like going to Afghanistan. Oh, mate, it's like
3: even even now, every day it's in my head. Yeah, like, I have to live with it every day. Uh I, I you know, like the, 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 there's things about that time I don't remember anything of, but there's very very specific things I remember. I remember people's faces and how they looked at me. I remember the helplessness I had. Um. Just being there and just having to like I was not under any medication, nothing. So I'd be lying in that bed for 30 minutes and I'd be like going like fucking that wow. the whole time. Um and like the whole fucking body. Um and no no one could do anything. just kinda had to kind of the ride through and kind of see what happened. Um and that's like I'd never even thought of PTSD, to be honest, because when I thought of PTSD, I thought someone, like you said, in Afghanistan, I guess their leg blown off, mm-hmm. you know, or they were in a horrific car crash. Mm-hmm. And I never realized until last week, I think it was last week, where my therapist is really, really good because he's very good at not putting ideas in my head,
1: mm. Yeah, that's really which important. is really
3: important, or not like leading the witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, you know, we discuss a lot, and
2: You reflect back but you don't lead. Yeah. And you're totally right.
3: And he he he, he kind of says to me like um you know he facilitates um he facilitates me. He's there as, as a as a guide but yeah. not to, not to to think like I said to him um either one used to ever read a book. Oh what's the name of the book now? I can't remember it now. But um anyway it's basically this guy who went on a journey into the desert and had a shepherd and
2: uh, Not The Alchemist
3: Yes I've yes. got that
1: That's an amazing book Yeah so
2: I was uh, I was Discussing this with Donny Tourette He loves The Alchemist mm. uh, There's another book um, Which I think uh, Better It's like It's called Ishmael Alright um, And it's like The Alchemist But It's loads better But The Alchemist The idea mm. like the, the journey It's funny Because you were saying about um, To kind of go off track a little bit But Um See, I do uh, psychotherapy in a group, mm-hmm. um, and I think that helps because you do hear other people's stories as you go, mm. and it helps you to put things in perspective a little bit. You know, like you were saying, like I think often when you get into therapy, like you go, you were saying you go like twice a week, mm. so you get into this this thing when it's like it's all about you. And, and and you're so busy, like, working on you that you lose track of where you sit in the world a little bit. Uh, and knowing where you sit in the world is really important because it kind of makes everything... It makes uh, all the things that you think are big, small. Mm. You know, like, uh Russell Brand always is about, you know, if you think about yourself in the universe, you're a spec. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I, I kind of find that quite helpful. Mm. It's important to be around people and to see that, uh, not to say, like, you haven't got a problem, but to see, like, it puts it into a bit of context. Like, that really helps me. Mm. That really helps me. It's half the reason I do my job. Mm. Because it's like, it just kind of ground takes me back to go, oh, hold on, like, I can get on top of it.
1: It's a slippery slope, those sort of self-perpetuating emotions. It's all right in the fucking middle of it, then.
2: Yeah, yeah you really I'm out like that. You're right in the middle of it. You're having these big like moments mm. when you're like, ah, shit, yeah. I need to be around other people a bit. Pretty much. Fucking hell, you really are in the middle of it. Because I self-isolated. You're doing amazing coming on here talking about it. it you're yeah, like, mate, yeah. you're, you're yeah. in the fight at the moment. Very brave.
3: Ah, oh, man, well, I, I'm like... I went in, head in to the yeah, therapist. Yeah. I looked like...
2: Good, you have to. Yeah.
3: I mean, like I, don't know, like, I had a really intense session this morning. I had a session two, three weeks ago where I blacked out.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell us about
3: that. So I don't remember it. I don't well, Do not remember. remember the conversation before? Or no. So I remember getting to the therapy. I remember being there and then I just was like blank. And then the next thing I remember is back in my apartment.
1: Fucking nice weird. So, man. and have you uh, spoke to your therapist? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. So
3: uh, next, the next day when I was in, and I was like, man, what happened? You know, like I don't remember leaving. It's like a blacked out, and and what did we speak about? And and his his answer was like, well, look, you know, what you touched on was obviously something really, really deep rooted.
2: And your brain went yeah, back off.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your and he said your brain just kind of wasn't taking it today. Yeah, it's too much. And he said it's my job to protect you along that way so I'm not going to bring it up he said but it's something that's going to be so important to you that you'll bring it up organically yourself yeah. when your brain is ready how to do it how lovely
1: having that secure thing knowing that's like, what therapy should be that's though. so and nice not, that like you've got that secure is space is
2: that you, you get your NHS therapy and you don't get that they'll go no we'll do CBT mm. and you're like that, that's not going to that's well, papering well, over I, the cracks
3: well I taught about it uh, I taught about CBT and and the reason i went to join the society of analytical uh therapy psychotherapy is a friend of my sister started and she was really bigging it up and then i read about it and i read the type of therapy and it's kind of basically quite deep psychoanalysis and it's kind of how matching up your subconscious with your conscious um but they're also a charity so um I had to get on this, I had to do a phone interview, I had to do a written application, then a phone interview, then two assessments, before then they assigned me to a therapist, when there was one free. Now, literally the day after I did that second assessment, because my sister's friend told me, I emailed them every week, when's it free, when's it free, I don't care, I'll take that person. But what's really good with them is that I wasn't working at the time, Um, so I didn't really have any money. So they do this thing where like, well, it's like, well, like, what can you afford to pay? So I'm not gonna say what I pay, or whatever like that. Right. It's 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 not my business to tell. The thing, not a but, lot, but assume. you know, cause they're a charity, they they it allowed me to be able to do that.
1: That's amazing.
3: And you know, otherwise, I would with the NHS. I could have been waiting months.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you what. What's really lovely about it is, uh, you know, like before we started the podcast, I had probably my I, like I've been ill since I was nine. And I had my biggest meltdown before we did this really. Uh and this was kind of came out of my meltdown. And um I was I I was at that point, you know, like I will I'm on my fucking knees. I will do anything. You know what you're saying? I like, email them every day and you're like, I will do anything. I need to fucking talk this out. And like I don't know, that made me smile when you said that because I was like, fucking hell yeah, I know that place. I know that place so well. Because... But it's almost like once you've had it, and you deal with it, and you might not ever... Like, for me, I can't ever imagine being that person again.
3: No, I mean, I think it's still early enough in my journey, but, like, for me, you know, being totally honest, you know, I had a lot, a lot of suicidal ideation. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot and I would it was not I was not in a good space
2: so was that very new for you mm. was that kind of because a lot yeah, of people they've the, never the, had it the, before It's shocking the
3: thoughts hmm. the thoughts weren't but the the extreme level of them the intensity of them and the regularity of them yeah and I was just like didn't know what to do I ah. was on my I was literally on my knees so you'd had it before I'd had, well, I'd had suicidal thoughts before and I had maybe mild depression, like, but not nowhere near to this.
2: Ah, ah, but you'd had that before though, like... I hadn't had the attack, no. No, no, but like depressive periods, mm. suicidal periods, like in the past. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So it's starting to kind of click into place a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah So it's like, you it just kind of ignored it maybe.
3: Uh, yeah, I think, like... I used to think that I was so self aware, and yeah. that, like, I was like, Well, because I'm so self aware, I can manage my thoughts and I can manage myself, and everything's grand. And you know, because I had such self awareness, bollocks. That was my ego. Yeah.
2: That was my ego. And ego is the fucking killer. It's got a lot yeah. to answer. For I say that all the time. I'm mm. like, Let go. If you let go of your ego, And it all sounds so fucking new, like, uh, you know, the age of Aquarius. Yeah. But, like, we've talked about that before, haven't we? It's like, if you let go of your ego... It's the most important thing. And then you don't have an argument with your wife Mm. because, like, you haven't actually got anything to fight for. Mm. You know, like, you let go of your ego and then suddenly things are a bit better. It's like your ego's just going, oh, don't have that. Yeah. And, like, oh, don't let them treat you like that. And you're like, what does
1: it matter? Yeah. It yeah. don't fucking matter.
3: No, and I think the, the three things I would say of anyone, if you can get it, is if you can bring it in yourself, is forgiveness to yourself and to others, acceptance of your situation, um, and then actually having humility. Yep. Having, like, it's been such a humbling experience to this last year where i'm like fuck i thought i was in control of my destiny and i was so much about what i want to do i will get there if i as long as i put in the work right and it's not been it's not been the case and there has been so many times days where i'm like just feel completely helpless and it's only probably in the last few weeks where i've kind of been like right i just have to accept that this is just this ain't going to be a good day you know, I'm not going to sort of certain things to say, I won't do, right. I'm not going to go to the pub with the lads because that's not going to do me any good. After the second or third pint, it doesn't really, get, yeah, you it's, know, it's like, yeah, it doesn't doesn't generally end well. Um, Or, you know, all right, if I'm not going to do anything, I'll just even get out of the house and have a walk. Um, And it's really weird because then, you know, I'd have different people calling me up and be like, oh, what you do today? And I go, uh i went for a walk you know and whatever or I sent a couple of emails you know and you're you're playing the face game of course yeah but it's because you don't at least i don't have a didn't i don't know the word to put it but i guess i wasn't willing to accept let people into really how dark and deep it was because I felt this guilt. It's really, hard. Really, I still, it's really I, hard. I really feel this guilt where I don't want to let my parents who live in Ireland know how bad I am or was. I don't want them to, to, to know how close those thoughts were and, and turned to actions. Now, thankfully, the last kind of six weeks has really turned around. So that kind of ideation that was in my head is, it's becoming way less and less regular, far less intense. And if I can feel it coming on, I can feel it coming on sooner. So, it it uh, not that I have a method of coping with it yet, but I'm like, okay, I'm potentially going down this road. Let's, like, just take a breather for a sec. That's really so,
1: good to have that sort of uh, mindset. Yeah, of just yeah. stand back and go, do you know what? I, fuck everything today. I'm just going to stop you know what? and go uh, yeah. for a walk. Yeah. Or I'm just going to eat for a bit and then watch some TV and just have that mindset of going, right, if I can achieve getting dressed, having a shower and having breakfast, then that's their achievements. Yeah. And then if I can get out for a walk, then that's a bonus. I think and I would mean, just uh, so important. Y- you just hit on
2: my top tips. Yeah. Like, and I say this quite... Uh, not necessarily on it, right but, uh, like, uh, exceptions. Like, the main thing, like... And it is sometimes exceptions. Today's a really fucking bad day. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, I'm not going to do anything. I still have days like that, you know? Like, I still have days when I'm like, my wife will acknowledge that like, I have weeks like it, mm. once in a while, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm not going to work, I'm sick, and I'll be in bed for a week. Mm-hmm. But rather than beat myself up about it, I'm like, I've got an illness, mm. Yeah, um, I don't need to feel guilty about it, my wife's cool with it, I'm ill. You know, if I had flu, it would be alright, mm. you know?
1: Um, Yeah, if you broke your leg or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, except...
2: And it's like, it's okay. And all the time... But what we do in life, we do the opposite and we beat ourselves up about it Mm. and we make ourselves more ill. Mm. You'd really fucking hit it there. You really have. Like, you really... You're right there. You're right there. You really are. The humility Mm. as well is to say, like, um, it's all right, you know. Mm. And what happens, you go through these experiences and it makes you have much more empathy for other people and it sits you in a much better place like kind of in the world where you're like I can understand you know you understand other people uh, and I think that's really good for your fucking mental health too Mm. what was the other one you said Um, humility, acceptance, forgiveness Accept forgiveness Mm. forgiveness so the other day uh, one of my uh, Neil who did our fire pit his wife Liz hello Liz um she put something on about someone that really upset her, and she was really, really angry about it on Facebook. Someone else had put on there that forgiveness is not for them; it's for you. Mm. And I was nice. like, "What he said? Yeah, because that's the best advice mm. like that. Uh, that's that's in the twelve steps. Yep, is it? And it is. Forgiveness is not for other people; it's for you. If you forgive someone, then you let go of whatever that pain is. Mm. And that's really, really hard to do. But all that, look, everything you just said, like for me, I think like you are completely spot on, mm. and I think, I think you're you're fucking well on your way. Yeah, you really are. I mean, you know, look, it's like you have bad days, and yeah. it, it doesn't always feel that way. But if you hang on to those concepts, like those are the concepts that saved me.
3: Well, and you know, it's funny that, like, I started listening, um, I started listening to, do you know Tony Robbins? Yeah, I started listening to his podcast, and uh, I'll be honest, I, I'm with those kind of self-help people, motivational speakers. I'm very skeptical. I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, it changes uh, once it, you've had a fucking mental health episode, yeah. doesn't uh, it? Yeah. Well do, it. well,
2: do you know who actually?
3: I'll tell you who it was. I'll give you a laugh. So, uh, Conor McGregor was obviously fighting back in January, and he had Tony Robbins in his corner
2: and wow i didn't know that yeah yeah i've listened quite a bit to Tony robbins stuff like yeah watched his stuff watch His film on netflix is amazing i yeah, have something. i was
3: gonna watch it earlier on today but i decided not That's to but uh i definitely will but it was it was connor's coach um uh something kavanagh can't remember it's john kavanagh and john was asked about it in an interview pre-fight is like oh you know why do you think of tony must be great having tony here Blah 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 and john was like to be honest, I was really skeptical. I think those guys, a lot of them are scam artists. He goes, but he really, he really kind of
2: opened my my eyes to to the way different ways of thinking. It's essentially kind of spirituality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It really is. It's essentially that. Mm. Like he in if you watch that documentary, he does the Wim Off method. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um and it is, it's like uh it is, being, it is being more spiritual, although it's under the guise of this kind of business thing. But yeah, it's quite him, cutting. He breaks people down. He makes good videos. Like, it's it's he'll good pull content. someone up and yeah. he'll break them down and then he'll lift them up. But yeah. basically, he's breaking away the shit. Mm. And that is what therapy. Yeah. yeah.
1: But to do it that instantly, like in a crowd, when someone literally just stands up, says the whole bit of ego, and he cuts yeah, it past the thing, all the ego. Yeah, the, yeah, ego. the difference is, mm.
2: is, if someone's going to see him, they're going to see him because they've got a problem. Yeah, that's true, yeah. The,
3: the, the, the issue I have is, is and again, it's probably my cynic side like coming out, is I don't know how much I believe morally that you can charge as much money as he does of course. for, for two individuals for that. Yeah. Now, there's thousands of people around the world who said he is and his methods have changed their lives. Fair play, and that's amazing. Mm. But I, I do feel a little bit, uh, a little bit, uneasy about it but
2: yeah I do as well
3: you know but at the same point I guess if he's making so much positive change all these people who are we to judge because they'll probably be the first people say
2: mate it was worth every single penny exactly like we often kind of like invariably come back to religion to some extent Mm. Uh, and it's like but I think me and Brad share the same stance it's like if it works for you then fucking good luck for Mm. you know good luck to you like I don't personally dig it but but you know, if it works, it works, and it makes you feel better. Then you go for it. What was the Conor McGregor thing then? So they said so, uh, it was all, like they, it was
3: just a. It was you, like I was sceptical, but I was sceptical. But then they had a couple of so Conor kind of basically said, "Look, these are all going to come with me to Tony, and we're all going to experience it together as a team."
1: Wow, that's nice.
3: Yeah, and they went to his home or whatever, and they there for like a day or two. And he was just like, yeah, and he, you know, a lot of what you said, I, I resonated with and I thought was great. I think most importantly for someone like Conor McGregor, who went off the walls the last kind of year or mm. so, uh, who is, he? you know, he's that kind of character who's going to lose the plot.
2: Yeah, he's a ball of fire. Yeah, like, oh,
3: and- you know, he, he he brought him back in and, and I, I know from people I know back in Dublin who train with him that he was always a wildcat. He was always, you didn't know what was going to happen with mm. him. You know, and like for the for the Khabib fight, you know he barely trained. Mm. He barely trained. He was on the jar the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, he was doing his promotion with his whiskey, and and Kavanaugh said like I didn't think he was ever going to fight again. And but it was kind of Tony Robbins that brought it in. But with, with Tony, for me, how I use him yeah, is I listen to him now. When I'm usually when I'm actually going to therapy. I listen to him. Because it puts me in a lighter kind of mindset. And that's a, a good idea. And an open, an open feeling that I'm like, whatever I drop today. Because I don't think about what I'm going to talk about when mm-hmm. I go to therapy. So whatever I drop, I drop. And then whenever I'm feeling it's a bit out of whack or a bit out of sync. I'll listen to maybe a podcast from him or maybe Jay Shetty although I'm not too mad about Jay Shetty, I think just because his voice annoys me. Sorry, Jay. Um, if you ever meet in person, I'll, I'll buy you a fucking coffee or beer, or kombucha, whatever the hell you drink. Um, and yeah, it, it just, it just kind of takes the edge off me. Yeah. So, and it's insightful, man. Like it was, it was actually true. Him It was true. One of his podcast episodes where I listened about acceptance and forgiveness um, and humility. And, Realising actually what I'm doing right now is so incredibly humbling and and my mum is is she's um quite religious and um I'm not I kinda of have I wouldn't say it's a love hate relationship with brought, religion. Religion. brought up religion
2: yeah thing. yeah
3: yeah uh yeah my parents are about about regular churchgoers. goers m- part of Ireland where are you from there? Dublin. Yeah. How long
1: have you um like lived away from home for? Uh,
3: I've lived, the last 10 years, I've only lived in Dublin for two. Right. So I went to uni in Swansea, went back to Dublin for three years. I was in Swansea three years, went back to Dublin two years, and then I moved to London nearly seven years ago. Wow. What did you do at
2: university, dude?
3: I did marketing, um, which seemed like a good idea at the time because I really like business. I, I find it fascinating, but I wanted a bit more on the creative side where kind of marketing is at. And I wasn't, like, a designer or an artist or anything like that. Um, so I think it, it it allowed me to kind of – somewhere in the middle, basically. I think, in hindsight, I probably would have gone down the music route, probably music management, learned the music business inside out. That's that's literally my drug, is music. And, and if I can merge music and business, fuck my – you know. Sounds like you probably will. Mm. I hope so. I hope so. I. What I've learned re- quite recently is my favorite thing to do is help develop artists and help develop musicians, and not just from like a songwriting point of view or, or a skill point of view, but actually their most recently is
2: their mental side because that's the biggest Amazing. thing that's blocking them. Has mm. that changed though like, since yeah. you had that? Like for me, like that's. Right. <laughs> For me, I think like that, like at work, I'm much more aware of that now. Like it's always been an issue for me, and I've always kind of been aware of it. And like if I see someone having a hard time, I was like, Are "You alright?" And like, like, "Come on, let's have a chat." But now it's kind of a much more high And since doing the podcast, I'm much more fucking hyper aware of it. Same. I'm so hyper aware of people now and
3: like what how they're feeling. Hmm. Yeah, and it's 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 incredible but it's also draining for me yeah i have draining. i haven't found a middle ground for that yet like i met you will yeah so i didn't interrupt you but wanted, uh, yeah, something so on tuesday night uh i was in the pub so i was meant to meet a mate and he ended up cancelling but then this girl comes up to me and and she heard me chatting to this to this woman who was my neighbor uh for a moment she's oh, are you from the area i was like yeah she was quite nervous and kind of tense and she's like I've just moved into into the area today. I'm from New Zealand. I don't know anybody. Can you tell me about the place? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course I can. And I could sense her tension and her anxiety. Mm. And now I was supposed to go meet a mate in 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 half an hour, and I'm staying chatting with her for 4 hours. Wow. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't really want to, but I could sense that she needed that. Mm. And, you know, there was a couple of things that happened to her in the past week or two, which were kind of shitty. And she just needed someone just to talk to you know, and just kind of calm her down. And literally we sat at the bar. I think I had like, we had, like two pints over four hours and we just spoke at everything. Amazing. But then when we left and she gave me a big, massive hug and she was kind of like, thank you so much for that. It was like, you didn't have to I do that. I did. Yeah. But well, I could sense it off her though.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you've got to do it. Yeah you got to do it. Yeah. Who that's else is
1: going to do it? Using your powers for good, though. Yeah, now. you need to be a nice
2: guy. And yeah. that's like doing this podcast is very much about like you've been through a shitty time mm. and like let's kind of try and help other people because like that's, you know, you talk about the humbling thing mm. and that's what it's about. It's like you go through a really shit time and you realise that, you know, you can probably help someone else. And it's really important. And Mm. it actually makes you better. Mm. It's really good for you. It's exhausting.
3: Yeah. Like, uh, one of the things I'm searching for at the moment is um, I realise I focus so much on myself. I've been so self-centred and in my own little bubble that I want to go out and actually just be there for others, whether it's volunteering or something. And it's, it's not a selfless act because it's also for my yeah, well-being. Yeah, no, it is, it mm-hmm. is. But if I can take a bit of time away from thinking about my problems, about uh, me and just be there for others or be in an environment with others, I, I'm convinced that that will actually help me because... You're
2: doing it now, you know that. Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> no, you're, doing exactly, you're doing exactly <laughs> that now. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, well. Yeah, I don't think of it, it do not would...
2: feel like it, but you know you are. No, I guarantee. You but
3: when are. you know, it but it's not when you're
2: in the moment. You don't think about. No, that. no, but that's the way it is. Yeah, that's the way it is. That's the beauty of it. I it's like it's you right? know, you don't know, you don't know you're helping people, but just by saying uh, you can talk to me, mm. um, you're being there, you're doing it. You don't actually have to really do a lot. Mm. All you have to do is just like listen, Just listen. Yeah. Yeah. And and share your story. You know, like. Uh, it, that's all you have to do and you don't even have to have answers for people no like, there aren't any they're, answers yeah and
3: they're, they're not necessarily looking for answers no. they they just you know they just want to get off their chest or they mm. just want to and having a bit of empathy for them yep and you know it's what was I remember when I was like just starting working in marketing and uh, my boss at the time a really, really good guy and um and he said to me, he "Goes, you don't need to be the smartest in the room, or you don't have to have the answer for everything." He goes, but if you tell someone, he "Goes, I don't have the answer for that now," but I'll go and get it for you, or I'm hearing you. He goes, do you
2: need, do you have anything more to say? He goes,
3: that someone, what you, you don't always have to fucking. All have
2: people an really want to know is that they're being listened to. Yeah, like, and it really is that simple. It really is. Like, it just go. I'm listening. And, and I'm listening to you now. Yeah. And that was the most that has
3: been the most frustrating thing for me with my family and 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 my few close friends that I know about what's going on, is that I haven't felt as if they they've been listening, but they haven't been hearing me. You know, they haven't understood it. No, I don't understand what's necessarily going on with me right now, but they're not hearing what's kind of going on. And it doesn't matter how many ways I've tried to tell them, it, it hasn't quite clicked yet. Mm. So, you know, for anyone that's who is... That's
2: acceptance though,
3: man. Mm. It's that they might not. They might not. But it's also for anyone that's listened to this, yeah. it's that if you don't feel like people are hearing you or understanding what you're saying, that's all right, mate, because yeah. maybe you just don't understand it enough yet. Yeah.
2: It doesn't mean you they know? don't care. Yeah. It's just like, it's fucking. it's, it's fucking difficult. Yeah. It's just difficult as shit. Like, me trying to explain what's going on with me to my wife, it took a few years, really, mm. you know, like, to my closest person in the world. Mm. And, like, just to kind of explain what's going on in my head. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I had a melt, like, not a proper meltdown, but like I've had a difficult period recently. And, like, it took me, like, weeks to just be able to go, actually, I'm not doing all right. Mm. suicide's coming back it's all coming back and like she can't answer any of it you know like because you're constantly looking for people looking for answers or you're looking to be rescued and you know you were saying um, earlier like with therapy is that there aren't answers
1: Mm.
2: there aren't fucking answers and that's really scary but there aren't really answers it's just about how you deal with it and this is what really annoyed me because I'd, I'd ask my
3: therapist, like, I'd say something and then I go, So, what do you think? And, like, and, and you he, think? I, I, well, an ego goes, Well, it's not about what I think, it's about what you feel. Yeah, wow. And I was yeah. like, No, it bull. is. <laughs> you're totally <laughs> yeah. fucking right. Yeah. You're so right. You know, I was like, Yeah,
2: yeah. So, what I was interested in was uh, the subconscious element. Mm. Like, have you kind of have you got to a point when you've gone through when you've had like a fair bit of therapy, and you've started like for me, like I went through, I've I've had therapy for years, and it's only really like it's taken me out of my forty six. It, it's taken, your birthday. You're still forty seven,
1: aren't you? No, no I'm forty
2: six. So it's taken me what thirty eight years. To uh, think to get to the point when I'm like, right, I think it's that, and I think it's that, Mm. like that person and that person, you know, like when you're like, I can proper nail it down now to make sense of it, but that doesn't necessarily help Mm. because actually it's not about the the people and the things, it's about how I respond to it, Mm. and it's like, okay, right, I can I can blame my dad, I can blame my granddad, but actually. The answer is me accepting the situation and moving on, and going. That's just what it is. Mm. So you almost have to move beyond a point of blame. But have you like have you been through it? Have you got to a point when you can understand where where these things come from? Um,
3: some of it. So, so give me a bit of background and kind of my my upbringing and and stuff. And this is based around matching my conscious and some of my behaviour. Yeah, that's with, what I was interested in.
2: You were all talking about this. yeah, yeah.